This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot trying to miss. Like, every shot I shoot, I try to make it. So, I was going to act surprised, but I wasn't surprised. You're damn right, OG Ananobi. You're damn right we don't act surprised. You're damn right we expect those shots to go in. NBA Morning Deuce. We don't act surprised. Alex, we don't act surprised. We expect all the shots to go in. You know why? Do you know why we always, you know why the shots always go in for us, Alex? Do you know why? I don't. I think something, what's coming? You wipe that baby juice on you and all the shots go down. The baby juice. We get the power, baby. We got it, mm. and OG, OG wiped. He was wiping the baby juice tonight. It was it, what a crazy <laughs> night. I did not think we were to get into this that early. Get right into it. Um, but it's what not just shot. us. We're not the only ones getting into it tonight. We got a guest, second guest ever on the Deuce. He's a uh, he's not just a friend of the show. He's a friend of the network. He's a uh, he hosts the Bench Warmers and Burners podcast on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. He's a Vegas guy, so you know we got to talk about some gambling with him. Josh Lozano, thanks for joining the show, bud. What's going on? Hey, thanks for having me, Joey and Alex. Uh, enjoy the show. Second guest, I feel uh, um, I got to go back and listen to the first one then and compare myself after this then. Because you, you guys need to have like a leaderboard of guests. Ah, now that we have we two, now that we, t- now that we have two, we'll see where you rank. So there's a lot of pressure. Right off the bat, let's put Josh up to it. Pl- play the soundbite again, and let's get his take on it. Cause we, on we Baby need- Juice? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You wipe that baby juice on you, and all the shots go down. Josh, Josh, do you know what that sound bite's from? What's happening? What's happening? Do you know what that? If if you just heard it out of context, which it looks like you probably don't know what that's from. What do you think's going on there? Well, the thing is, I I like to just tune out Chris Webber a lot of times. (laughs) There you go. Well, at least you know what. Yeah. Okay. So you know it's Chris Webber. Chris um, Weber, Chris Weber announcing is just a run-on sentence. He's like the announcer version of a gigantic run-on sentence. Yeah. So well, <laughs> stream of conscious. Yeah. And then we got yeah. Reggie Miller back tonight, and we know Alex loves that. That's yeah. Alex's favorite announcer of all time. Um, so just real quick for those of you who don't know, I saw you, Josh. I saw you nodding when you heard the OG Ananobi quote. That was mm-hmm. post-game OG Ananobi. Who, if you don't know. I guess it's a good thing you're listening to this podcast, but what the hell else are you doing with your life? Uh, the Raptors, they survived the Celtics, and their season is saved. They win 104-103 on an absolutely insane buzzer beater by OG Ananobi with half a second left. An amazing like overhead soccer-style pass by Kyle Lowry over Taco Fall, who mm-hmm. Alex geniusly pointed out minus three in the plus minus in half a second of play now in the playoffs which is pretty amazing um (laughs) it wasn't just uh og though i mean they asked kyle how he stayed so calm 
after the game and how he was able to overcome. And I just took the best two seconds of his answer because it was pretty straightforward. I mean, obviously, I got balls of steel. I mean, doesn't get more straightforward than that. Josh. Classic Lowry. Yeah, what was your I mean, I mean, I think everyone's takeaway from that game was pretty was pretty similar. Like how insane was that? But what'd you see in that game from the from the Raptors? Um I think for the Raptors, that's really what separates like a winning basketball team, like those really small margins of error. Because if you look at a team like the 76ers, they were in the literal same exact situation. They were down 2-0. And you, you kind of, they were also kind of like the Raptors where they're like, they're kind of in it. Like you're just waiting. It looks like Boston kind of has control, but Boston's letting them back in a little bit. But the Sixers never were able to, like never once in my mind that I believe that the Sixers were going to be able to win. Uh, the Raptors though, even even when there was 0.5 seconds, I was like, they could, they could still get this. And I think a, a perfect way to like juxtapose it is if you look at the game last night, like Billy Donovan, OKC, where they had two chances and they even yeah. called a timeout. And they weren't even able to get it. And then you got Kyle Lowry kicking. It looked that was like what a field goal looks like when it goes through a goalpost over Taco Falls' gigantic (laughs) wide arms. Like it was just perfect. Like it was like a 50-yard field goal straight in the OG with the perfect quote too. I love it. Had the mask on, so if you didn't have the mask on, you could probably see. He probably looked way cooler because you can just see his lips. And he's like, "Why would I arms crossed? Like, why would I take it? Shots I expect to make it. So, OG, it's a solid winning basketball. Great because." I saw you post that stat too, where Boston does let a lot of their opponent. Or, or, I don't know. Yeah, the exact it was. Number. It was. So they've they've taken in the Brad Stevens era. They've had six two zero series leads, mm. and three of those times they've gone to seven games. And then the last time they went to seven games after a two zero lead, they lost to the Cavs in the conference finals in seventeen eighteen. Which this is obviously a much different. Well, yeah, much different team. Um, but it was, I thought, I mean, I, I, I also, but you, I also tagged it at the end with saying, I'm not saying that this means anything, but just wanted to put it out there. Alex, um, did you think that, I mean, I, I we obviously know that um, James Herbert is number one on your guest list now because he just dogged your boys, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Everything you said was spot on about the Sixers, Josh, if you don't know, I'm a huge Sixers fan, uh, but that that's, can't really disagree with anything you just said. Uh, I'm just glad it's a series. Um, I, I looked like Celtics were about to be up 3-0, and mm-hmm. that's the end of it. Um, what a fucking shot! Like, and of course his name is OG. Like his name is yeah. OG Ananobi. The quote didn't do much for me. It didn't do much for me, but the shot itself was unbelievable. <laughs> just the flick. I mean, knowing that that you don't have time to do what you've been practicing your whole life. you know he can't get into his full shot there was a kind of a little like he, he didn't really follow through it was a flick and the pass sean by marion, lowry like, yeah it really it, remind, it, like a it did remind me of that sean marion yeah um that was an awesome moment and i still just feel like the celtics are the are the better team i'm really not Absolutely. worried about the series but we got a great moment it's it's interesting like up until that shot went in i was like in my mind a lot of that game i was like man this team can win it all. Like just watching the Celtics, it's just like they have everything right now. They, I mean, their studs are just rolling. Their defense is incredible. And then in a game like this, who knows what this means now? I mean, you're still looking at a team with a bunch of guys who won a championship last year. Um, and the Celtics are still a really young team. Like I was thinking about 
the Celtics in the bubble and why are they so good? Like what are the, what has made them so good? I think a big part of why they've played so well and they've just looked less tense than other teams. I don't, I think only two guys on that team are married and most of them don't have kids. Like there's not a lot of stress <laughs> for them in the bubble cuz even the ones that have girlfriends it's like a girlfriend it's different. Like those girlfriends aren't bugging the the NBA players while they're in the bubble. They're they're not trying to risk the check, right? But the wife, if you have a wife, a wife, it's different. Plurals, wives, or or wives, or if you're or if you're Lou Will, I mean, it's, Lou Will's got a whole different thing going on. But I'm just saying, like, I thought it was, mm-hmm. I think that's, I thought it was interesting, like just thinking about it. I know that like their big guys don't have wives. Um, Tatum, obviously, his son is Deuce, but other than that, but no, this is a totally different thing now. I still think because Pascal Siakam is becoming the most overpaid role player in the NBA, the Celtics still have uh, are still pretty much in control of this series, but totally changes things. I mean, mm-hmm. Josh, I mean, do you think the Raptors, looking at it now, legit coming back, you think they get the next game and make this a real series, or was this just like a maybe like a one-off? So I do believe that they can. Um, tie it up and it can be an even series especially because in this neutral court anything can happen like if this was actually like if they had to Boston had to go through the airport checking of Toronto that whole process I do not believe that they would have won the two games in a row but statistically from like a betting aspect this was the game that Toronto had to win because results are like when you're a favorite and you go straight off two straight losses in a playoff game um, they straight up win the, the game three 30 times and they lost four from a betting aspect they cover 24 percent of the time hmm. so but it's kind of hard to look at those numbers because that's with like the home crowd that's in everything right. so your mindset's like these fools just dropped two at home they're gonna go win the third game away and they're gonna cover whatever the line's gonna be heavy um because that's like a pride thing so i kind of went from that angle so I, I was assuming this is the one that they were gonna win but then i'm not sure but we're gonna see because this boston team to me is that they're they are young but they just seem so confident. I don't think they're a team that will get shaken up by losing that because this is a type of thing where you can – like the Jazz, for example, are a perfect example. They're up 3-1. You just got to win one more. You could see them. They start dropping one. And I just don't see that this Boston team's that type to really just fold like that. I, I don't know. I just And I just think that the matchup is just so poor um, when it comes to Toronto and Boston. Yeah. Like Boston just has the better play. Like Tatum to me is the best player out there on the court. And when you watch Toronto, they just have to labor so much to get baskets. And it looks so effortless when Boston does it. Yeah. That's a number I wanted to point out. Jason Tatum's five for 18 from the field, 15 points. Like I don't want to oversimplify it, but I think he just had a bad game. Like Mm -hmm. if Jason Tatum plays like he's been playing, uh, this is a win for the Celtics. I don't want to take away from the Raptors win, but. Yeah, like I said earlier, I'm just not. Well, the not the way Tatum like, and yeah, I also think the way Tatum played is a prime example of why the Celtics have it. So I was it to me it was like, what what do the Celtics do great offensively? They have three great off. I mean they 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 run a great system, but they have three great offensive players in their system, right? Mm-hmm. And particularly lately, Tatum and Brown are their top two guys. Those top two guys struggled most of the game. So what happens when your number one, your number two option struggle? Kemba Walker has to step up, and he did, mm-hmm. right? 
for the Raptors in this series, they've been an awful three-point shooting team, which is a big part of what they do offensively. And when you don't hit those threes, when you're not when those shots are not going down, your best player has to step up and carry you. And that's supposed to be Siakam. Tonight it was Kyle Lowry. Can't count on Lowry to do that every night. Siakam has been horrendous. And if he's not better, or, I mean, if he's not a star, I just don't see them coming out of this series because these games, every game, even though, like, they've been relatively close score-wise, it just seems like, like you said, Alex, the the Celtics are just, they look like the better team for the majority Mm -hmm. of the game until, basically until half a second left in the fourth quarter, the Celtics have looked like the better team this entire series. I mean, yeah. I just that's sort of the way it seems to me. I, and the one thing I, I'll say is, remember Alex on the last episode, I said um, people, if I if I sort of dump on your team or your player or something, you should be pretty happy <laughs> that uh, they're going to come back and do something next game. I crushed yeah, the Joey I, curse. Well, I mean, I, I basically said that Brad Stevens was playing chess while everyone else was playing checkers. And then Nick, and then Nick Nurse comes out in the second half and throws three different zones at the Celtics. They go, they do like this matchup two three. They went one three one a little bit. They even went triangle and two, which is just like unheard of in the NBA. And the Celtics really, the Celtics got so, Brad Stevens got so desperate he had to play on his canter. Who, to take one of your terms, Alex, is a swinging door defensively. Like they just he went. Sucks. He's so bad. I know. <laughs> He's but, so bad. But he, I mean, offensively, he did what he had to do. But defensively, he had. I didn't even look at his plus minus. But I bet well, he, he only was, played four minutes. Believe it or not, I it did feel like he was out there. Oh, he looked felt like, like so long. Yeah, because yeah. every every time down the floor on defense, they just went right at him. They went directly at him. Um, yeah, I, I still think, despite all of it. I'm not counting on Lowry and Van Fleet going for 56 every night. Um, Siakam's got to do something or else they're, I still think it, I still lean Raptors. I mean, maybe not 4-1, maybe 4-2 now. Maybe the Raptors, or excuse me, Celtics, maybe Mm 4-2 now. Alex, what do you, I mean, or do you think think this was just the the one for the Raptors? No, I wouldn't be shocked if the Raptors get another game. I would be absolutely shocked if if they turn the series around and win it. Um, yeah. They just don't have enough firepower. Like, they had 10 bench points tonight. That used to be their calling card. Like, their bench was so deep. 10 bench points, they scraped together a win. Good for them. But they're just so clearly not the better team in this series. Um, and it, uh, you've mentioned it several times. Siakam is the reason he's just not enough right now. And I messaged you in the beginning of the game, his $130 million contract kicks in next year. Right. That's why that I say, is brutal. That's why I said like he's he, becoming one of the most overpaid role players right now, because yeah. he had, he had 16 points in the game. 11 of them were in the third. And if OG and doesn't hit that shot, then Siakam is the reason they lose that game because he missed his rotation on the last play that Kemba found Tice for the dunk that put them up by one or two or whatever it was. Yeah, it was a great play. Kemba looked amazing tonight or last night, but Siakam, Siakam missed it. And they all, and Siakam looked around like, I don't know. That's my bad. He just looked out of it. So he's definitely hit a mental. I mean, even just prior, if like, if you take the seeding games, if you take the seeding games, he was just atrocious too. 
Um, he was down from he was below, below all his averages. He was down from the regular season to this compared to the season games in like points, rebounding, uh, and efficiency. It was really if you watch it, like Fred Van Fleet was just like lights out. He looked like George Hill during the regular season, like when George yeah. just wouldn't miss. So and now that you're the the playoffs have started, and then you're these little guards because Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet were getting whatever they want on a very shaky Nets team. But then now, like you were, you were saying with Jalen Brown, Tatum, Marcus Smart, it's a lot more difficult. Yeah. Much more. I have a question for Josh, actually. Sorry to cut you off there, Joey. So the series really should be 3-0. Boston looks like Mm -hmm. the better series, but the Raptors have been favored in every game so far. In game four, do you see this swinging the other way and, uh, and Boston becomes the favorite or or what's Vegas going to do here? Wow. I do not believe Boston will be the favorite until the series, until it is the final game. This is one thing capping that me and a couple people talked about because usually how it works is if, during the regular season, if you want to make money, you have to bet the underdogs, right? But during the playoffs, when you want to make your money, you have to bet the favorites. Like typically the favorites, 52% of the time, you have you will hit your bets if you take the favorite, right? But the issue is, that's counting the crowd or, you know, you have the home court shot clock operator that might, you know, start the second late, you know, the refs that might not call a foul. Usually all that plays for a factor, but this is just a neutral, even the line of sight too. Like this is such a neutral site. So you have to go by the Raptors are the number two seed. We have all these numbers boss. Like, so the first game um, Raptors were favored as one point. It started getting hammered. It got up to like one and a half. The next game too, same thing. This time that it ended where it's open, where Raptors were one point favorite, it closed at two and a half. So if you wanted to, if you take Boston every single time to cover, not just to win, you just to cover, because there were two point underdogs every time. And then even too, the lines just got released. I'll tell you right now, like the, they're called scout lines, the early scout lines. It's uh, to, uh, they gave Toronto got a win by one and a half. So to me, that is an opportunity to make some serious money because it's just mm-hmm. clear It's clear as day that Boston's a better team. Um, I agree. That, that's not advice uh, to you, anybody listening. You know what's interesting? I don't want to be held responsible if you lose a lot of money. I was, But when I saw this game tonight and I saw the Raptors win, this series struck me very much like Houston OKC, where mm. that series, Houston's a better team. And the whole time, I'm like, when are they just going to put them away? But then... CP3 just carrying his team to seven games the way Kyle Lowry carried his team to a win tonight. These teams are both probably better than probably both of those teams. So it's a different level because it's second round and all that, but it just strikes me as potentially what we could be seeing here where this veteran scrappy Raptors team sort of claws their way back and it becomes way longer of a series than we thought based off the first two games. Because the Houston series, it looked over. I mean, it looked like mm-hmm. this. It looked it like really OKC did. had had no shot. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, down two zero. Yeah. Yep. Um, other game last night. We'll talk about it, but we probably don't need to. There's oh, not. Wait, a whole... before we do that, yeah. I just if you guys don't mind, I gotta ask you guys two quick questions. Uh, just one quick question, but for yeah. both of you, do you feel that because Boston kind of just came out of no, like Miami, you could kind of predict because you saw all of the upward trend, but for Boston. Um, do you guys believe that they wouldn't be this good right now if Gordon Hayward didn't unfortunately get hurt and therefore Marcus Smart had to? Because if if it was because Marcus Smart would have not been in to go just have that bombardment where he hit the five threes plus the and one with the foul, that's probably Gordon Hayward would have been in. 
a lot of those minutes are getting supplemented. Now you're a lot more athletic. Uh, your defense is a lot longer. And then I just wanted to hear your guys' thought. Because to me, when I started noticing that that started like a huge trend for Boston from going from like, are they a contender? And now it's like, I think that they can come out of the East. Because uh, of the Gordon Hayward injury, you're saying that makes them, you think they're better with smart taking those minutes? That's how, yeah. Okay. So I just want to see what your guys' thoughts. Well, I, I would disagree. I'm high on Hayward. Go yeah. ahead. Well, I, I don't necessarily, I mean, I, I see where you're saying, um, but it's hard to really know, like, and you're talking specifically, I think probably about the game where he went off in the fourth quarter as as an mm-hmm. example, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of that work was early in the fourth. There's no way to know. Like, I, the reason I would say I don't necessarily agree is because he might have been in anyways. Like, based on the rotations, he may have started the fourth quarter. Um, mm-hmm. It's just hard to know. Um, he still plays a lot. He doesn't. He pro, his minutes are up, and he's in the starting lineup now. But he's been such a crucial part of their second unit all year. I was actually concerned when he went to the starting lineup that their second unit was going to be bad in this series, and their second unit's been mm-hmm. pretty awesome. Um, so no, I That's think Alex. Question. Actually, I think we both were pretty high on the Celtics to win this series. Either way, I was. Yeah. Right. I, I was. Yeah. Was I not? You were. Yeah. No, the way no, you said it, I wasn't <laughs> sure. I don't know. I don't remember. Sorry, I yeah. mean, I, but no, I've been high on the Celtics just because what we talked about with the Celtics was even just taking Gordon Hayward out of the equation. There are not three teams in the league period right now that have three guys like what Boston has um, in, in Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown and Kemba that can go out and get you 30 on any night and carry you to a win any night. There's a lot of teams that have two guys. There's no other team right now that has that. So just from that standpoint, to me, Hayward, Smart, whoever you plug into that spot, Hayward is a plus to me um, just from a depth because they're not super deep. But I was always pretty high on them regardless. Josh, in case you haven't realized, we're both very high on Jalen Brown. That's uh, I think we're higher than a lot of people, but he, he looks fantastic. Oh, I'm super high on Jalen Brown too. I mean, the guy, I mean, yeah. Well, we know that's that's for another episode. Um, but yeah, so I was pretty high on the Celtics. I'm still pretty high on the Celtics. But we'll, I mean, it, who knows? This series, this the playoffs have been so weird, so it, it, it's impossible to tell. Um, so Nuggets Clippers last night. Uh, it just watching it, I immediately thought of the Chappelle show as I was watching the Nuggets. I was I was thinking of player haters ball. And I was just like, <laughs> what can I say about the Nuggets that haven't already been said about Afghanistan? They look bombed out and depleted. This is all I could think about. I said it to myself a thousand times. They look not, it's probably not their fault. I mean, they went to seven games after being down three, one, they just looked tired and beat up and worn out. And, and the Clippers are the clip. I mean, the Clippers are fucking good, man. (laughs) The other thing that I thought was like, how, how, how good is Luca? Like how good is Luca Doncic? Well, after watching Mm -hmm. the way they just dismantled the nuggets, basically in three quarters, how good is Luka Doncic? But this series, I mean, this, I picked, I actually picked the Nuggets to cover the eight and a half because I thought they would put a little more fight in game one. Mm-hmm. This is going to be quick work. Yeah. I this think is going to so. be quick work. I, remember, we were joking about Jamal Murray talking to uh, Scott Van Pelt yeah. and finding out that the series started today and not Friday. He assumed they had two days off. That's turning out to be a lot more telling than I thought. Like, 
this team's gassed. And he knew it at the time. He's like, wait, we don't get two days rest after that seven game series. Um, they were just completely overwhelmed. Um, they're clearly not the better team, but on top of that, they are very gassed. Clippers are fresh. This could be a sweep in my mind. I think this is a sweep. I actually don't even think, I mean, I haven't been right about like house. I've been right about win, wins and losses, but I haven't been right about like exact series predictions, but I am about as confident as you can get that this is going to be a sweep. Josh, you think the Nuggets get a game here? I don't think they get a single game. Well, to put it in perspective, um, unders, playoff unders in game sixes or sevens, um, they usually hit about 58% of the times, which is crazy from a betting aspect. Because if you can get around 52%, that's considered successful. Um, so 58 is crazy. That's almost like a guarantee. I know it might sound close to like a, a coin flip, but 58 is nuts. And the reason is because usually by then, let tired legs. And then the issue with that is that carries over to the next series. But especially here, because there's no travel, you don't get the luxury of having that break because, because you know, they need to get the games going. Because you see mm-hmm. the East already two, three games down. They're going to like, hey, you got you to gotta hurry this up, Nuggets. Same thing with the Rockets. So I just think with tired legs, um, lack of talent, because the thing that would get them into a game would be their three-point shooting. But if every, ga- every game is against a hard-fought Clippers team like that, I don't, I don't even think they're going to be able to get one. That's why when I saw that the line was minus eight, because um, I do post my plays and then I have a patron where I, I do the explanations and that was just my exact explanation. I was they're just not going to have the legs to keep up with them. And then especially too, because they had to play all these bubble, the Nuggets had to play all those bubble games kind of uh, with a skeleton crew at first. And I know they got Gary Harris back and mm-hmm. that's nice, but so you were doing all these games without your full crew and that's a little bit exhausting. Then you go through this full seven game series and then now you got to face a, like exactly what you're uh, saying, a full, a fresh Clippers team. I don't know. It's just I don't think that I don't see him getting a single game out of him. And then Jokic is just easy to abuse on defense. Now you got a tired Jokic too. He yeah. And I, I was watching this. I just like the the TNT guys, and I, I don't know that I disagree. Like even Draymond tonight, and he was filling in for Kenny and Shaq and Chuck. They were just like, you can't you can't blame this on them being tired. They're just not. A, they're just the Clippers are a better team. Like I, I'm. I'm pretty convinced that had the Nuggets had three days to rest or four days to rest, this game would have probably been pretty similar. I just think they're be- – I mean, they're just – the Nuggets, uh, up until the last couple games of the last series, had one of the worst defenses in playoff history. Like, and their their defense in the bubble was has been atrocious. It's been – their defense all year has been atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now they're going up against a great – perimeter defensive team i mean the the guy who basically carried you to that series win is jamal murray he ain't doing shit against these guys the bodies they're able to throw at him so yeah i mean it sucks that they had a two-day turnaround after all that but this is the clippers were coming out after the way last series went down and the way people were like are these clippers are they are they real you know after they lost two games they came out, mm-hmm. they were coming out to make a statement. And it was well, they pretty blatant. One, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, we all have them sweeping, huh? What do you think, Alex? I don't think you said. No, no, I think it's a sweep. I said, yeah. Like, no doubt. I, it, I mean, what if. I mean, again, what, oh, the, the, but here's my question What if the Nuggets got a little. You wiped that baby juice on you and all the shots <laughs> go down. I mean. This is going to sound crazy, but even with. 
uh, two doses of baby juice, they're not getting a game in this series. No, it's, ba- just, it's so clear what's going no on. No amount of baby juice. No, Oof. we all saw it. It, it was uh, it was ugly. And Kawhi Leonard looks just he looks very similar to last year uh, in game one where he was yeah. flat out unstoppable. Yeah. It's... Um, and I think we pinpointed it early on in the, the jazz series that Denver's defense sucks. It's just bad. Um, yeah, this, the, and, the revolving door or whatever came from you talking about Jokic because his I mean, pick look, and roll the defense Clippers, is horrible. The Clippers are staring down the Lakers for this Western Conference showdown. They they know they're going to need every bit of rest, rest they can get. Wait till we like, get to the picks. I got some I got some heat for you. Oh boy, should we get there? Mm-hmm. Um, mean, all right, yeah. Before we go, but say. before we go to the picks, yeah. There's I, look, yeah. Kawhi's a cyborg. We all know it. He's unbelievable. The Clippers are going to smash them. I just there's not a whole lot to get into in that one. Um, I will say the refereeing was a little better tonight, right? It's good, like better than two Definitely. nights ago, um, which is probably mm-hmm. a good thing for Tim Legler because <laughs> when they asked him about referees not making calls, this is what he said last night. I'm more likely to let guys swallow it when there's contact at the rim, particularly when a guy gets downhill and he's initiating all of that by going at some defender at the rim. I'll swallow a little bit more in that situation. So just wanted to put that out there since we're playing (laughs) clips on the show. We're officially now just just a bunch of 13-year-old boys. (laughs) Hey, listen, if they're going to say it, we're going to play it. Ooh, that was good. That was something. That's yeah. maybe that's the first T-shirt. He, I can't believe you found two ways, two normal ways to use swallow in the span of 15 seconds, He's, and it not being like an on-purpose, off-the-cuff joke. Like this man uses it, and then like a yeah. literal sense. This is Tim Legler, what a le- what a freak legend. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> all right, let's 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 talk about tonight's games. Uh, so I don't know what lines you have, Josh, but. The ones that I have that I pulled off of, these I think are from Caesars, from ESPN.com, whatever they use. I had Bucks mm-hmm. minus five against the Heat. So against my better judgment, I'm sticking with my picking the Bucks to cover in this series because I got to think that eventually they're snapping out of this and getting a statement win to, to survive. They need it. I mean, I said last game they needed a statement win, but now this is like franchise altering type of win that they need. Like if they go down Oh three, the rumors already came out during the day today about Giannis wanting to leave. Like people were already talking about it. They've been talking about it, but now it's like if they lose to the heat, here are the destinations. So I'm picking the bucks to cover just because they know that there's more than just this series at stake right now. If they, if they, if they get swept or lose four one, Mm-hmm. Whoever wants to go first off of that, that's my Josh, pick. Go I'm going yeah, Bucks Josh, minus five. All right. So when I originally, it was crazy because the series price for the Miami Heat was atrocious. It was like plus 385. I had to sprinkle a little bit on that just because Miami's like, they match up so well. The way that Boston is the worst matchup for Toronto was kind of how I felt about Miami and the Bucks. I took them both games, money line and the cover. This game, I'm not going to take a money line. I'm just going to take them plus five. If you ask my opinion, if you wait before the game, you could probably get them at maybe five and a half, depending, because I'm not sure which the line movement's going to go, what the sharps are going to hammer first. But for I personally think that what people are going to have the same mindset as you, 
I think if the Bucks win, I think it's going to be extremely close. They haven't shown me anything to prove that if they are going to win, they're going to win by uh, more than five or six. And to go back a little bit, if you look at Miami's always played them tough head to head in their last 10 games, the Miami's uh, has covered six out of the 10 games, whatever the spread was for them. Um, to me, Miami just matches up so well with them, but also too is not a coach that can make adjustments like his track record. I think that Bud is going to be like the Dwayne Casey where it's like he does all these really good things. And then next thing you know, who, whoever is the next coach for the Bucks is just going to figure Mark it all Jack- out. And it's Mark like, why Jackson didn't he do that? Also. Yeah, like the, or, like Steve, the, yeah. the Steve Kerr, yeah, or yeah. The Nick Nurse. Yep. Yeah. Um, but Bud's going to be the Dwayne Casey, Mark Jackson group uh, part of that. So I don't that's, know. For me, I, I got to go with call. the points with Miami. That's a great call on Bud. I mean, it, that sucks. Pro- that, because Josh, Josh stole my thunder there. I was literally because <laughs> Joey's actually said it a couple times throughout the series. Coach Bud's not big on adjustments and oh. what he's doing isn't working. It's not working right now. Uh, Spo is the superior coach, I think, by a mile. And yeah, he looked great. And if Bud doesn't make a serious adjustment, I, I just don't see any reason why the Heat don't either win or, you know, lose by one or two because something crazy happens at the end of the game. So I'm going Heat uh, plus five. Dude, Josh is so – like, just listening to Josh talk about betting, he's so much smarter than us. Like, the he actually has, like, rational reasonings for his pick where we're just like – Yeah, I like, I've never been I like, big on – I like on the Bucks. Ration. I'm just like, oh, I think the Bucks are good. Oh man, so, I should probably. Uh, it's just like it's when a nasty we have it. It's kind of like when, when you, we. Uh, oh my bad, you go, you go. It's like kind of like when we had James on, and we both picked before him, and then he made a pick, and we're like, "Fuck, that's a good, that's a good <laughs> call." Good idea. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I was saying it's a little bit of a nasty habit, but it's a nice trick. Uh, I went to uh, college at University of Nevada, Las Vegas, so you get exposed to sports betting at an extremely young age from a lot of people, even like some professors and stuff like that. They'll joke um, about like probability. Then um, you just kind of if you like I'm a sports fan and uh, um, it just kind of went hand in hand. And then I started reading a lot of books and just the the whole being disciplined about it was kind of attractive to me. So you lost me it, it's interesting. Books. It gives you a whole different perspective. And now, like, I hate I, I there's some like refs, like anyone that doesn't tell you that refs are not do not rig games. It's a lie because I can pull oh. out Ooh. numbers. I could pull out numbers of like Absolutely. Scott Foster's record. Well, yeah, I saw. Certain, yeah, I saw a graphic on Twitter, I think it was on ESPN yesterday about Scott Foster um, in playoff games with Chris Paul and, and James Harden. Like Chris Paul, I think has lost nine in a row or something with Scott Foster in the playoffs. Now he's zero and nine when Scott Foster's officiating and Harden's now one and seven. Now Now. he's one and seven. So he was kind of like, take your (laughs) pick. Which one do I, which one I hate the least out of you two. Yeah. It's crazy. Absurd. Um, wow. All right. So I got bucks minus five. You guys both have the heat. Uh, and then game one tonight, Rockets Lakers. And I don't want to hear the intelligent pick here. Okay. I'm just going with my heart. I'm not only picking the Rockets to cover, I'm picking the Rockets to win. Oh, boy. all right. Do you want to expand on that? Or are you just, you just, um, a, a, a lot of it? No. Well, there, there well, there's so th- these playoffs have been just strange, especially game ones. So, Bucks lost game one in both their series. Lakers lost game one against the Blazers. I do think it's going to take the Lakers a little bit in this game to to figure out how to adjust to the Rockets switching in their zones that they're going to inevitably throw at them. I think there's a chance 
that they could struggle a lot of the game and lose this game because of it and then eventually figure it out going forward. But I do think that the Rockets' defense is has been really good, and I think it will cause them problems early. And I could see the Rockets coming out. I mean, they're going to have to score. They're going to have to play much better offensively than they did last game. But Harden and Russ are not good. I mean, they're not the guys you really want in a Game 7 situation, but in a Game 1, they're going to come out <laughs> and play well. So, What a compliment. I, I don't know that I believe that the Rockets are going to win this game, but I, there's some, I have this gut feeling. I'm not even looking at the line. I'm just saying Rockets are winning. All right. I, I'm going next because I'm <laughs> okay. trying to make up, I'm trying to make up ground on Joey on these picks here. And I don't want okay. Josh to say something super intelligent. And then people think, you know, I'm listening to him and that's why I'm making up ground on Joey. So I'm going, <laughs> I'm going here and mm-hmm. I'm going Lakers minus six and a half easy. I just don't think, what the Rockets do defensively is going to work against one, one of the greatest passers that ever lived and an elite big man. Um, I think LeBron AD carved this team up and I, I think it gets ugly tomorrow. Josh, the floor is yours. It's probably the intel. Yeah. That's probably the intelligent thing to say. So <laughs> I think I'm, I'm going with the Lakers on this. The thing about playoffs, which I love about basketball playoffs is whichever team can enforce their will on the other team is going to win. Cause I know a lot of people are saying, oh, the Lakers got to go small. They got to go small. But if they go small, they're going to lose. Um, how they're going to win is if they stay big. And I know it sounds it sounds like crazy. You're like, you, so you, Josh, you're telling me you think the Lakers are going to cover by five or six points if they play AD, Dwight Howard, and LeBron at the same time? And yeah, I say yes, because what they'll do is uh, whenever like AD gets the ball and they'll send PJ Tucker on that help, what the Rockets will do is, you know, they do that thing where they rotate. So the next guy has to run off who's ever... But what the Lakers are going to be able to do is they're going to do a lot of big-to-big lobs. So whenever P.J. Tucker comes off and he tries to double AD, AD can just lob it to JaVale or Howard or whoever it is. I think that's the, – the issue, though, is going to be on the offensive uh, – the defensive end um, because they're just going to try and go one-on-one on guys. Like, Howard will be able to hold his own for a little bit, but, like, JaVale. Um, so it's whoever can – whoever can just enforce their will. But one thing that – goes for the Lakers that the Rockets can is if the Lakers do have to go small for a little bit, they can. That option at least is available, but the Rockets, like, this is it. So, I, But it, it is good because sometimes it can force you because you, you just have to figure it out since you know there's no other options. But I, I think the Lakers cover on this I, one. But I will say this, and real quickly because we're going to – because we're, we're about to wrap up, but mm-hmm. if what you're saying is true, I think that's exactly what Mike D'Antoni would love. If, if I'm a head coach – and you're telling me you're going to beat me by throwing it up to JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard and the ball is not in Anthony Davis and LeBron's hands? Cool. Beat me. That's what I want. Beat me. Do it. I mean, I, I'll, I'll be happy with each of those guys taking eight or nine shots tomorrow, tonight. Cause well, th- it's, not, yeah, it's, it's not really shots. It's like easy. I mean, LeBron they, they and AD, get, obviously. They, they got to get them there, yeah. but yeah. Um, I think one thing we can agree on this series is going to be fascinating. It really is. This yeah. is going to be a, a or, or, a, or, a, or, a, or a complete bloodbath and D'Antoni's going to leave and go to New Orleans. But that's a whole other thing. Um, Josh, real quick, tell, tell the listeners about the pod. Uh, I keep getting the order wrong. Be- burn, bench Warmers and Burners podcast. Tell them. Yeah, you I, got I, it. Sometimes I say Burners and Bench Warmers. It flips in my mm-hmm. mind. It's all good. Um, yo, thank you guys for having me on. The show is called Bench Warmers and Burners. We just go uh, B and B. We got the in- I got the inspiration from the show because so many athletes now with social media just have burner accounts. 
And it's just funny because you could just always tell because the way that they defend players, like we can tweet out like, oh, you know, KCP had a horrible game. And then just like some random account named like Tan with a bunch of numbers. It's just like, well, yeah, you'll never make the kind of money KCP makes. And like, who says that? Like, you, this has got to be you, man. <laughs> then people are like, oh, Tanner's Contavious Caldwell Pope's middle name. We're like, oh, we found him. So I, awesome. every, so it's just anytime like someone finds a person's burner, like Antonio Brown, they just send it to me. And it's kind of like a joke on the show that we talk about. But uh, we do a show every, uh, we release an episode every Tuesday, but sometimes we release, release in the week if anything interesting. We get uh, former athletes, current sports bettors and just diehard fans and we just shoot the shit about uh, all sports but i'm a kind of uh basketball is just my main uh love uh all my other all the other sports are a little bit uh let's just say that like my like basketball is my fiance and everything else is just kind of like if i go to vegas for the weekend so yeah, oh. uh, <laughs> cool. it'll be like it'll be like yeah. majority of the episodes will be basketball but we'll talk about because we bet everything so we talk right. about all the sports but sweet cool mm-hmm. well there it is guys check it out Bench yeah, warmers it and burners. It's great stuff, man. I love it. Um, Josh, thanks for coming on the show. Really mm-hmm. appreciate it. Well, I, we're going to have to have you back on again because you give our listeners much more sound gambling advice than we ever could. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, by the way, I can't go th- just leave this episode without mentioning Steve Nash is now the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. We obviously are not going to dive into that, but we did release an emergency podcast earlier today with uh with my thoughts alex we'll get your thoughts at some point i don't really i don't know yeah no check that one out i'm not on it i think it made the episode better but joey had some great stuff on there (laughs) yeah so go check that out and uh enjoy the weekend enjoy the games and we'll see you on monday later guys For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.